Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ready to make a difference in the lives of fathers and their families? The Show Up Dad podcast empowers the next generation of dads to lead with confidence and love. Your support and our amazing partners help us to create lasting impact. Consider donating 50, 100, or 250 to provide a dad with essential resources. And speaking of incredible partners, let us introduce you to Tallman Equipment. Since 1952, Tallman Equipment has been standing taller than the rest of competition in lineman tools. They provide top quality equipment and solutions for linemen, ensuring safety and efficiency on the job. If you're in need of reliable and durable tools, look no further than Tallman Equipment. Also, don't forget to check out our online shop at theshowupshop.myshopify.com for high-quality products that support our cause. From t-shirts and hoodies, stickers, and even children's clothes, we have something for everyone. Not only will we be showing your support for our cause, but you'll also be getting a high-quality product that you'll love. To learn more about what we do, visit theshowupdadfoundation.org. You can also find Lyman Tools at tallmanequipment.com. Thank you for your generosity, and let's empower dads and build stronger families. Today, we are fortunate to have Tommy Maloney as a special guest on the Show Up Dad. His unique perspective and wealth of knowledge will undoubtedly provide us with valuable insights, guidance, and inspiration. Tommy is not only a talented host and an executive producer of the podcast Blending the Family, but he is also a multifaceted individual with numerous accomplishments to his name. With this impressive track record as a five-time author, speaker, and a certified coach, Tommy has dedicated his life to inspiring and empowering others. His expertise in personal development is truly remarkable, and his insights have been transformed lives. Beyond his professional achievements, Tommy finds his greatest joy in his role as a dedicated family man. Happily married and blessed with three wonderful children, he understands the importance of being present and engaged in both his personal and professional life. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Tommy Maloney. Thank you, brother. David, thank you for that introduction. I'm like standing there going, who is this guy talking about? Because I'm looking around the room going, what? <laughs> it's me. That is you, man. You you've accomplished a lot of great things, man, and we're 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 sincerely blessed to have you on the podcast to to share what you do, man. Well, so I appreciate you. that. I, I was just reading an article today on Entrepreneur Magazine talking about wins, and we we forget as humans to have daily wins. And uh, for me, listening to you and that introduction, having this opportunity to speak. Uh, to you and your audience, that's that's my win for today. So I am I'm blessed to to have this opportunity. So again, thanks for having me, David. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I want to kind of discuss, you know, with you, Tommy, that you know you've accomplished much in your career as a podcaster, author, and a motivational speaker. But what initially inspired you to kind of pursue these avenues and share your insight with others, brother? Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, mm-hmm. To to uh, 
touch on the podcast. I have a uh, mm-hmm. or had a, a ten-year radio career, so yes, I have a face for podcasting and radio, so I'm multifaceted there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as speaking, I I loved um, the 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 original, the OGs, uh, the Zig Ziglar's, the Jim Rohns. Um, it, that inspired me to um, seek the stage, and from there I. I got involved heavily with Toastmasters International. Um, so that was that was something that really uh, helped me um, become a little bit more understanding more of the, the, the writing process, actually, than the speaking process. And the writing process for me, David, was I was going through my, my divorce mm-hmm. back in 2008 into 2009. And I needed something to do. And at the time I was traveling every Sunday uh, from uh, Denver International Airport to LaGuardia Airport. And so I would just sit on the plane and start writing and just getting things out. And I ended up turning those early um, blog posts into into a book called Why Not You, Why Not Me? Um, But again, it was just being cathartic for myself, just again, sitting on a plane for hours I needed to to do something. So mm-hmm. that's that's a little bit of the origin story, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And and man, the pain of divorce is is crazy. I, I read it once, Thomas, that uh it's equivalent to losing a child. You know? So it's good that you found an outlet and in, in the pain that you're going through and stuff like that and in, in, in writing, you know, that way you can help people, you know, because sometimes our mess is our message, right? Yeah, and to to touch on that about losing a child, I, my philosophy was when I got married the first time, it was you know one and done, and yeah. I tried to ignore the statistics that if you come from a household that got divorced, you have a higher probability of getting divorced, and I I didn't want to listen to those statistics, and mm-hmm. along that when my son uh, Connor came along, back in two thousand three. Um, I, I thought, you know, not only am I going to be married forever, I mean, I'm going to see my son, you know, on a daily basis. I'm gonna, and I end up taking that that time for granted. Mm-hmm. And six years after the marriage, that's where I found myself not only divorced, but not being able to see my son on a daily basis. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's it it, it was traumatic, and yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about. You know, going through my my years of depression and uh, my mental capacity, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was it was it was tough. Yeah, and when I when I talk to to men about divorce and stuff like that, and the people they're going through and the trauma that's associated with it, uh, one of the things that they have in common that I've seen right is that they were blindsided. That's the best way I can. Um, you know, describe what they're telling me. It, it almost is like, man, I thought everything was going good. And then she dropped that on me. You know, I, I have to laugh because uh, my former wife and I were going through counseling. Mm-hmm. We're up until the divorce. And I went after, even after the divorce, I kept going to the same uh, therapist because I, I really had a, I felt a really good relationship with her and uh-huh. I didn't want to have to go to another therapist to, rehash everything and so like i said i really enjoyed my time with her and one of our first sessions after divorce was she even she said i was surprised uh 
you got divorced. I'm like, yeah, me too. Mm. What are the odds? So, well, the odds are pretty, you know, 50% right then and there. So, uh, yeah, I was, um, I was shocked because again, in, in my little wacky, uh, uh, mental brain here, it was, Hey, couples in therapy, don't get divorced. Boy, was mm. I wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, at a, a friend of mine, he was discussing, you know, some, what had happened with him. And he's like, man, he's like, he's like, we go through counseling. We're doing all this stuff. He's like, the counselor asked me, how's the marriage going? And he's like, it's going good. We're not arguing anymore. She stopped telling me off all this stuff. Right. And the counselor turns around and asks the wife, you know, Hey, how's it going for you? And she's like, I want a divorce. And he's like, man, he just, he's like, my heart dropped, you know? And I, I looked into that and I wanted to see more into that type of like, cause I've seen that scenario happen multiple times. And the greatest explanation I got for why that happens is a lot of times wives are fighting with you because they're literally fighting for the marriage, right? They want change. Sometimes they don't even know what needs to be changed, but they know they want change and they're constantly fighting and fighting in hopes to, to get you to listen. But as men, sometimes we think we have more time than we do have. Right. So we, we put things off, you know, and we think of it as nagging when they're doing that, but literally they're fighting for the marriage. Right. And the most dangerous time is when they actually go silent. We think it's all good. We think, okay, well, she sees my point. She sees that, hey, you know, we're good. We've worked these situations out. And it's not that at all. It's that she's given up. She has given all up on all hope of change. And that's a dangerous time in a marriage. You know, I go back to it was it was after our third session with the therapist. And that's when, mm-hmm. uh, again, my former wife asked for a divorce. And as I'm listening to you ask the question, I'm I'm trying to relive what was going on way back mm-hmm. then. And I don't know. I I felt that part of the reason why we did get divorced was we just weren't compatible. Mm-hmm. Um we we really, in a you know, again, we were only married six years, but in that time we we really drifted apart. And you know, my my day job uh, is a uh, training consultant. So I'm on the road a lot. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I felt that that really was a detriment to our marriage that, I mean, I I was gone anywhere from a week to two weeks on the road. Mm -hmm. And so she got used to, you know, her and, and our son being, being it. And when I'd come back, I'm the stranger and she would have to, you know, uh, get into her norms, so to speak, when I'm around. And so uh, I look at it more of the situation was, you know, I'm gone, I'm working, I'm trying to help support our family. And she was like, I I really don't need him. Change that Mm. to, um, 2012 when i got remarried to my wife ann 
totally different. And it's the the good thing is both my wife and I came from similar marriages mm-hmm. and we we really um work on our marriage. And yeah. you know, even though like right now I'm in somewhere in Illinois, I mean my my days are just messed up. Yeah. But one of my habits is knowing what time she's getting up back home in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I always make sure I text her at, at the same time every day, just say, good morning. I love you. Uh, let her know that I'm thinking about her. And that's those little things, David, have really, in my opinion, uh, helped our marriage. Now, has it been perfect? No, our first our first few years of marriage was very up and down. Um, but we both wanted to fight for the marriage. We both, uh, didn't want to end up back in the world of divorce. So, yeah, no, thinking about your, again, your question, I I just feel that we were, we weren't, uh, after those first few years of marriage, we just weren't compatible. Mm -hmm. And I look at it this way. Now, uh, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for the divorce. I'm grateful because, uh, our son, he'll be turning uh, 21 in, in 2024. And, you know, he and I have a fantastic relationship. I was a stay-at-home dad uh, with him for his first couple of years. So he and I built a, a wonderful relationship. And so that that's where I'm very grateful for the divorce is that uh, our son has just been a blessing. Yeah, for sure. How old is he when the divorce took place? He was five. Which is ironic yeah. is when my parents got divorced, I was around the same age. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's kind of, that's interesting. Um, huh. Now he was five years old. Did you see any significant uh, changes in him going through that oh, yeah. process or anything? Oh, like yeah. That? Oh, yeah. What did you um, see? Yeah. You know, part of it was I got divorced uh, December of 2008 and it wasn't until July of 2009 uh, mm-hmm. I got my own place uh, again because I travel for work I, I would just use ho- hotel points and then you know he and I would spend our weekends together uh, in hotels which ironically was really funny because he had stipulations of the hotel uh, mm-hmm. number one the hotel had to have a pool and he wasn't fully swimming yet uh, number two he had to have a hot tub he loves hot tubs. So I'm like, dude, whatever you want, I'll, I'll make it happen. Um, it wasn't until later on, once I got into my town home, where he would act out. I'd pick him up on a Friday night. And mm-hmm. uh, within a couple hours, he's, he would say, I want to go back to mom's. So here I am having to speak to my former wife and say, hey, he wants to come home. And, and of course, she's like all thrilled going, yeah, yeah, let him come home. Yeah. And so, you know, my weekend, you know, was ruined because I didn't know how to handle it, David. I mean, uh, here I am all excited, you know, getting, you know, as much time with my son as possible. Yeah. Um, And then later on, you know, things, things started to slowly adjust, but yeah, we had, we had our blowouts. Um, One time he spent about three hours in his room because of a major, Mm -hmm. major tantrum. But, you know, it was, it was not only was he acting out, but I, I have to look at, you know, myself and, 
you know, trying to figure out this relationship, you yeah. know, again, like, like I said earlier, I, I took my time with him for granted because I thought it, he and I would be um, together on a daily basis. And so I had to figure out how to handle these tantrums. I had to figure out, okay, w- what am I doing? What can I do uh, to, to improve the relationship? And so, yeah, those first, those, that first year was, was definitely rough. Mm-hmm. Did you read a lot of books like on how to deal with your son acting out and stuff like that? Like what, what are some of the uh, stuff that you turn to for advice? I went to my friends. I just went okay. to my inner circle and, um, and asked them because a lot of them, you know, came, had, went through divorce and, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of my dearest friends who I was actually just visiting this, this past weekend, you know, we had a heart to heart talk as he's gone, he's gone through a lot of, death uh he lost um one of his older sons uh to a heart condition uh mm-hmm. recently uh his bonus son passed away and so i want to just have a, a heart to heart with him and, and, and talk to him and one of the commonalities he said is something that my dad said too and, and that is um we 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 dads we men feel like we're the crappiest dads because we've gone through a divorce. We're, you know, we're not in contact with our kids on a daily basis and we, we don't feel worthy. And so I told him, I said, we have to stop that. We have to take that narrative out that our kids, you know, I look at his, his kids and I look at my son and I look at even my dad and, mm-hmm. you know, we all try to do the best we can in the situation we're in. And we're not always, you know, the, the financial leaders that we want to be. Um, but we try our best and that's, yeah. that's all we can do. So, so like I said, I just reached out to my inner circle mm-hmm. and especially when I was going through my, my divorce, my, my buddy, Chris was constantly calling me, making sure I'm okay. And mm-hmm. um, that's that it, it, it's nice. It's nice to have, that kind of brotherhood to be able to just vent at times um, mm-hmm. versus versus reading a book because a book can't respond to you. Book can't say, Hey, stop crying or, or smile. It's a, it's a day above ground, you know, something, something out there. So like I said, David, I just went to my friends, my mom, my dad, um, and just talked and listened. It's good that you had that support group to go to because you're absolutely right. I think a lot of times us men, we don't have that support group, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know who to turn to. And then what do we do? We bottle it up. And then when we bottle it up, it turns into depression. And what does depression turn into? And men, it turns into anger. And it starts usually coming out in ways that are not going to be fruitful at all. And it's usually to the on the ones that are closest to us, you know, like our children and stuff like that. And then that starts this big old downward spiral where they're thinking, okay, daddy says he loves me, but yet he's always angry with me. He's always harsh with me. What did I do? Is there something wrong with me? It's a crazy, crazy spiral, you know? You know, one of the things that I I wish for, for more men, for, for we men is to be vulnerable, to be open Mm. and honest. And instead of sitting at, you know, the sports bar, talking about the game it, it's okay to 
for you to be open and say to your buddy, Hey, I'm not doing good. Um, I'm, I'm stressing. I'm depressed. Can I just talk? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, um, there's a gentleman out of, uh, England, uh, Mark Williams, who is a, a, a pro, uh, mental health advocate for men. And he started, and I'm going to probably mess it up, but he started a hashtag, uh, dad, are you okay? Or are you okay? And I, I take that to heart because I, I want my male friends to know that I'm there for them and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel that um, I, I think we're on a, on, on an upward slope, David, uh, quite honestly, that we're getting to a, a better place for men's mental health. And that is we are starting to become, you know, more and more open to say to friends and family that I am struggling. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it's still the fifties mentality where, you know, if, if yeah. you're down, go, go rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. Um, yeah. But I, I, I feel that we're, we're getting to a better place. And again, though, um, you know, like something I always talk about on my podcast is that, you know, asking for help is not a weakness. Asking for help is a strength. Yes. And if, if you men, you know, we can take that wall down and say, hey, I need help. I need to ask somebody for help. That's a strength. That's a superpower right there. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you 100%. We need to be able to do that. And I agree also with you with that our culture today, yes, men are more in tune with their emotions, right? I know one of the big factors for me has been my wife. Um, she's my helper. You know, I understand now that women are more in tuned. It's a God-given gift for our Definitely. wives to to know the hearts of our children because I'm just some dummy. You know what I mean? I just know <laughs> things that need to happen, right? And her, her job as my spouse is to complete me and my job is to complete her because it took me a while to understand that, man, as people, we are incomplete. We are absolutely incomplete. You know, and my wife has been the key factor for me to be able to to see what my children are trying to say, to see their hearts the mm -hmm. way they are. You know, um, another way to do it for 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 men who don't have a spouse, right, and they're and they're single fathers, is spending time with your children, knowing them, having that influence in their lives, right? How do you know somebody unless you're spending time with that person, right? You know, totally so, agree. It's a, it's, it's crazy. We, we definitely got to be self-aware and we definitely got to be aware of the people that have been placed in our lives that we have charge over. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, my, my wife is, she is um, <laughs> more than a part, just a partner. I mean, mm -hmm. she has, she has a sixth sense that Mm -hmm. She can, she can say to me, are you okay? And she can feel, you know, I don't know what it is, David, what, yeah. I mean, it's a gift from I, God. <laughs> it is. It really is. And, um, she'll just, you know, ask me if I'm okay or no, she'll just send me a text out of the blue. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny. My, my sister-in-law was in, in town recently and, her and her husband every morning and every night uh, she calls him mm -hmm. 
and my my sister-in-law said to my wife well don't you and tommy do that when he's on the road and she goes no we text because that that's what works for us but there's just times david where she'll send me a text and i'm just like she knew it she felt it she knew i i I needed that moment that that win like like i was saying earlier um Mm -hmm. so i am so with you if if you have a partner like that, David, you just got to hold on to them for forever and ever. Mm, mm, no, absolutely. How is the relationship now with your son now that he's older? Uh, does he ever come to you and ask you questions like about the divorce or anything like that or anything like that? He has not, but okay. Um, we do talk. We, I mean, he and I text as well. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I'll be seeing him this, this coming weekend. I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. And, but he knows because I've told him, mm-hmm. not only I've, I've told him in person, but I've, you know, messaged him saying, if you have any questions, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm always concerned over his mental health too, uh, yeah. because, because of the struggles I've gone through and, you know, I want to say he knows David, mm-hmm. but there's there's still the the constant just to remind him that hey, Dad's here for you even if he's not physically there, but he's there for you, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I I've got to witness uh, that little five year old who whose parents went through divorce who who's a, a man, mm-hmm. so to speak, but I, I've got to see him in different ways. Uh, last year, uh, he was playing hockey out in California. Mm-hmm. And when the season was over, uh, I got to drive him back home. And um, it was interesting because in my mind, David, I'm thinking, oh, I should have a list of questions. I have, all, I should have all this information. And then I'm thinking, no, let's just have this organic. Let's just talk about everything and talk about nothing and and just enjoy that time. And it was uh, two days in the car of going uh, from Long Beach, California to uh, Denver, Colorado. And it was great. It was just great. uh, Just him and I just Mm -hmm. even the silence, even him, you know, falling asleep in the passenger seat. It was just, you know, being present, you know, just, just having that, that father son moment. Yeah, just able to to discuss everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just just connecting. You know yes. what I mean? As people, God has created us with the the need to connect to others. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's great that you had that opportunity to to really connect on a long drive like that. What a what a beautiful example of, of being able to do so. You know, I was I was hoping he was going to ask me to do it, and and um. Yeah, I'm so, so grateful. So grateful I was able to to do that. Now, t- the first day, twelve hours driving. That I don't recommend that for anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's a long day. Yeah, I uh, I had a similar incident with my daughter. Uh, she chose to ride with me when we were moving from our home back in New Mexico to California, and I was driving with the big old U-Haul, Ooh. and I had a thirty foot or 20 foot trailer behind that with our vehicle, which I was pulling, you know, and, um, she wanted to drive with me and, you know, those things are pretty uncomfortable. I'm used to driving because, you know, as, as a journeyman lineman, I've driven all over the country in big trucks like that. Right. So 
it was quite an experience. We we got to sing along the tune. She got to ask me questions. You know, I I I honked the horn. You know, I mean, just just stuff that you do. You know what I mean? And it was it was an awesome time. It was really an awesome time to be able to to connect with her. I had never had an opportunity to do anything like that with her before that. Prior to that, so. And those are moments, David. You just yes. can't. You just can't. Not only ignore, but the opportunity mm-hmm. of having that connection, sitting there, you know, just being together again, talking mm-hmm. about nothing, talking about everything, listening to tunes, and and even being in silence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, yeah. And those little, it doesn't need to be a thirty-two hour road trip or anything like that. It's as fathers, we need to recognize these moments where it's a time to connect a time to teach right and a time to just listen right because mm-hmm. they're going to need one of those eventually you know what i'm saying not, not every time is a time to teach right sometimes we got to listen and it's us as fathers being in tune to be able to recognize and discern what they need in that moment yeah i i miss the days when before my son got his driver's license because he relied on me, uh, especially mm-hmm. during the hockey season, getting him to practice, getting him to games. And those were our opportunities to sit in the car together and and talk and chat, talk about, you know, hockey, talk about, you know, the team they're going to play and, and you know, things of that nature, like a little scouting thing. But at the same yeah. time, um, learning, uh, I, my biggest learning moment was years ago, uh, my son's a goalie mm-hmm. and he got shelled. And got in the car and I didn't say a word. I didn't want to say anything. I wanted him to organically start talking about it. And we were like 10 minutes up the road. And that's when the conversation started of, man, I had a bad game. And I'm like, all right, so how how can we improve it? But along those lines, like I was saying, David, I missed those days before he, he got his driver's license because there was one time I, I just – out of the blue he might have been 15 um but i asked him i said you know tell me honestly how am i doing as a dad mm-hmm. um what what can i do to support you even better and he just looked at me and said you're doing okay and i mm-hmm. and i felt it i felt his that he was very honest and i i think sometimes we parents we dads we men um, are afraid to ask those hard questions because we don't want it to know it's going to be a negative answer. We want positive. We want, you know, rainbows and uh, yeah. unicorns, uh, poop and Skittles, that, that whole thing. And so it's okay to ask that question. I yeah. mean, it, why, why aren't we asking that question to our spouses? You know, mm. same thing. We, 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 as human nature, we want to improve. We want to be better than we were the day before i hope and so having those tough questions with our kids and just saying how can i what can i do to uh, improve our relationship or support you whatever have those conversations um Mm -hmm. i mean i i would in in my opinion i would just and and i believe would be maybe as as the kids are older not when they're like six years old going hey how can i help you well can we go to mcdonald's oh yeah sure let's go (laughs) No, I agree. Definitely age appropriate, but that, that's a, that's a great thing, you know? And I like that you said about the marriage as well, because we do, we need to, 
get that feedback from our, because if we don't get that feedback, we don't know we're stuck, you know? And a lot of times they see things that we don't even know, right. They see it from mm-hmm. a different perspective, you know? And I know a lot of times my wife has been, you know, just going to her and talking to her, you know, and asking where I, I, I need work on. She's able to, to show me those areas that I was blinded to kind of like a coach, right. Cause isn't yep. that what coaching is, right. They yep. help you see those blind spots. Yeah. And um, you know, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad to see that you're able to do that with your son. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, so you went from him divorce, right? Raising him into another marriage and how many children do they have? How did that dynamic take place? I'm I'm smiling and laughing because (laughs) yeah, you're right. We, we went from two boys, Uh myself included, my son and I, two boys. Uh, And then when I got uh, remarried to my wife, Anne, she has two daughters Mm. and uh, the oldest Betsy and then Becca and Becca and Connor are similar in age. Becca is like a year plus older than him. So she's like a grade ahead of him. Mm -hmm. And we call those two the wonder twins, because if you look at them, they really could be brother and sister. And so I was, you know, talk about being blessed, David. I, so my wife and I had, we met, we met at uh, an event for um, a, um, an organization that promoted uh, positive fatherhood for the whole state of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met somebody who invited me to, to this meeting and that's where I met my wife. And so we started to talk and uh, we ended up uh, being um, both keynote speakers at this fatherhood conference. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, after the event, she emails me saying, hey, would, would you be interested in getting coffee? I said, sure. And so we end up having coffee and we start talking. We start talking about, you know, our former marriages and things like that. And then things, you know, we, we, we had a good three hour coffee date and we had a good time. And from there um, we started dating and it was about a, a good two, maybe three months before we even got the kids uh, introduced to themselves. Mm-hmm. And the, our, our mantra, and a lot of people look at me like I have a third eye when I say this, David, and uh-huh. that is we, we wanted to commit not only to each other, but for the kids. And the kids had to come first. And so we said that if the kids didn't get along, we weren't going to continue dating because that's not fair to the kids. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was, and, I, and this is what I, I, I truly believe what made us a a successful blended family. And that was, we got the kids together. We did it at a, uh, an outdoor ice rink. Mm -hmm. And so if the kids didn't get along, no harm, no foul, everybody can go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I were thinking, if we do this in a restaurant, number one, it's a crowded space. Number two, you're, you're sort of forcing the kids to interact. And if they're not comfortable with that, that's not fair to them. So like I said, we did this at an outdoor ice rink and I'll never forget. Um, my son and I are standing in this middle of this ice rink. Uh, Becca comes up to my son, slaps him on the shoulder and says, tag, you're it. And the two of them took off. <laughs> so this is one of those moments where I, I truly, truly believe David, there is a higher power because mm-hmm. I am so, so grateful that, you know, God intervened 
and and said, we're going to make you guys a blended family and you guys are going to you know, learn to love each other or hate each other or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was it right then and there. And so um, the, the, the great thing, I hate to say it this way, but the great thing about social media is Becca and Connor stay connected. They, they talk more than I talk to him. And so if I need any information, I just go to Becca and go, Hey, what's going on with Connor? What's, what's the deal? So, uh, you know, that's, that's how it all came about. And that's that's cool too because you started a podcast after that blend blended families right so yeah um, because you were talking earlier about trying to find literature and books and how mm-hmm. how to and I couldn't find anything and like I said I've got a, a radio background and so when when we when I say we my wife and I first launched the podcast together but mm-hmm. then she was like eh, this is your thing you go ahead and do it and so uh, I've been very fortunate to to have that. Uh, opportunity to to speak to other people and just just you know take the the previous career uh, and utilize it once again. Mm-hmm. What are some uh, practical advice or strategies? Because I know a lot of our listeners are dealing with blended families. You know, um, so how could they navigate similar situations and try to create a harmonious and loving family dynamic? You, know? you got to put the kids first. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. Bottom line and. Uh, the other thing too is I am not I am not a financial expert. However, yeah. um, a lot of divorces end because of the financial piece. And so, if you're yeah. not good with finances, your your spouse isn't good with finances. Find somebody. Okay. Um, quite honestly, my wife and I went through the Dave Ramsey course a couple of yeah. times, and it it really helped us to to create a foundation um, to to build. Uh, you know, our, our, um, our household. And mm-hmm. so those, that's probably the the first two things right there is have some good financial literacy, because as a blended family, you've got different aspects, you know, you have uh, possibly, you know, you're paying alimony and child support, and, you know, you've got your regular bills. And so the financial piece of both uh, husband and wife, they, they just, you have to be open and honest. You have to have those hard conversations about fi- the financial piece. Cause if the financial piece isn't, isn't healthy, the whole household isn't healthy. And then, like I said, the other pieces, you got to put the kids first. Hmm. No, for sure. I definitely see that aspect of the financial, you know what I mean? One of our roles as a father is to be a provider, right? Mm-hmm. And when you can't provide because you have all this, this, you literally are bleeding, money in all these different directions, you know what I mean? You definitely got to get help in that area. Right. And that creates an insecurity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, for my daughter, not, not, not as much now because, you know, um, I'm very fortunate to, to be in a career where we are very financially stable, but prior to the past of me, you know, having a different career in computer networking, I know what it's like to, be like, man, do I put back the diapers or do I get groceries? You know, right. I just wasn't making it as the, as the sole provider for the home, you know, for my, my youngest or my oldest daughter when she was really young. And a lot of times, like, I see where she'll want to put things back, you know, just from that happening a long time ago. And it's like, man, no, we don't got to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? We're God's blessed us. You know what I mean? It's, 
That's, you know what I mean? So I have to kind of change your perspective a little bit, you know, and that takes time, you know? Yeah. I, I had, you know, an embarrassing moment where I was paying for a, a, a bottle of soda mm. and my, my debit card got uh, declined right in front of my son. Mm. And that was, that was hard because I didn't have my financial piece, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't healthy enough. And so it was rough. It was really, really yeah. hard as, you know, as a man, you're standing there going, I'm sorry, dude, I, I, I can't afford this. Man. Yeah. It's definitely hard on the ego. I, mm-hmm. I was not happy at all with that whole situation. And it actually forced me to, to make the changes I needed. And, um, I sought a different career career that I didn't even know existed, but fortunately for me, you know, my whole family were a part of the line trade Mm. and uh, I took that route and never looked back after that. Um, Has it been easy? Absolutely not. Like you, a lot of the times I was on the road and I lost that time, you know, and I sometimes wonder, man, would I have been better if I would have just got out and, and spent that time with my family? Right. And, um, now I've come to the realization that no, man, I just needed to make better choices with my time, you know, quantity over quality or, or what is it? It's, it's quality over quantity. quantity. Excuse yeah. Me. yeah, exactly. And being able to, to be where my feet are not so focused on, uh, on things that need to be done in the household that haven't been done, you know, and, and, and really making that, uh, a priority over the time spent with my family that they're gone. I mean, I remember certain times when I get home and they wanted to spend time with me and it's like, no, I got to get this done. I got to go get wood. I got to go, you know what I mean? Make sure this, cause we lived in a rural area, you know, and I made it very, very harsh and hard. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, I had to forgive myself over that, you know, cause yeah, we're not perfect. We're not, we're not. And, you know, again, our, our egos get in the way of things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I try and make a, a conscious effort, especially with my wife, because our, our, I mean, other than Connor, he's in college, but mm-hmm. the, the girls are out of the house. And so I try, when I come home, I want to make it a priority to my wife that I want to spend time with you. I'm not going to be glued at, you know, glued at the hip because she's got her own life too. But yeah. You know, we, we, we make sure we have a date night, um, whenever I come home and so we can spend time together, just talking or, or just sitting there in silence, you know, sitting there eating some appetizers at PF Chang's, you know, just relaxing, um, and, and, and being, being present with each other and same thing with the kids, you know, when, mm-hmm. whenever, uh, I get to see the kids, I just want to be present. I just want to sit there and listen to them and hear about their day. Now I will put a caveat to that is I am a major introvert. So there are times where if I have too much stability or not stability of stuff going on, I have to go step away and go decompress. Yeah, for sure. No, we definitely need that time to, to refuel. I call it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Now, a lot of times, Tommy, what I've seen with blended families, right? One of the major 
conflicts I've seen within those is the parents not being on the same page with the discipline. Hmm. Okay. Um, that, that's, that's huge right now. Um, me being an advocate for discipline and trying to help men understand the roles that it is our job to discipline, which the literal term of discipline is training, right. And not taking offense when our kids do mess up. Right. That that's part of my whole process of trying to raise healthy men and healthy families. Right. I've, I've seen that dynamic, you know what I mean? What do you, what do you have to say about that? Like, did you run through that struggle as well with the disciplining process and stuff? And we, yeah, at first it was, it was rough because I was not used to having two bonus daughters you know, sisters, I, I mean, I'm an only child, my son's an only child. So I didn't understand that dynamics. I didn't understand, you know, their relationship. And so at first I just, I would just shut down and I would have to walk away. Mm -hmm. But then I had a conversation with my wife and say, all right, let's talk about discipline. And I said, if discipline is needed, you'll handle Betsy. I'll handle the twins. Um, And it worked out and worked out actually well. Um, but once, once you have that conversation with your spouse, you have to stick to it. It it can't be just, oh, well, but here's the caveat to that too, especially in a blended family, it's difficult on the kids when it comes to discipline, because especially if they're in two different households, you know, when they're with you, they have you, you know, you have your rules. They go back to the other parent. And the parent has different rules. Yeah. And so that's where you really have to have healthy boundaries for the kids and say, listen, in in you know your mom's house, you can do that. But in this house, we don't do that. And I understand it can be confusing, but if you just explain to them that this is this is how in our household, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one quick example, David, was was. Uh, my son had texted something to uh, his sister, Betsy, and it was not really appropriate. And so his his mom actually reached out to me and say, what should we do? I say, take his phone away for a week. If you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. We worked as a team together. And then once uh, the next time I saw my son, he and I had a heart to heart and we both sat there crying, talking about, you know, what, what transpired, why you can't send a, I know you were joking. I know you meant, meant it in fun, but you can't do that. And so it was yeah. a, a great, you know, you're talking about uh, discipline being training. This was a great training opportunity, a great learning opportunity uh, for both of us and how, how to learn, you know, when, when I was a kid, we had no cell phones. We had, you know, so mm-hmm. this this is a, an opportunity for both parents and, and children to to learn uh, f- from each other. Yeah, I like that you said consistency, right? And uh, and working together as a team. I, that's the biggest thing because kids are smart. Yeah. They'll try to manipulate you. They don't yes. even know they're manipulating, but they'll try to manipulate and they'll try to get mom against daddy. And then, you know, they'll take down that united front. You know, I've seen it how to happen, everything, right? So right. the biggest way to, to combat that is being, um, is, is, is having it down, written down, right? One of the things that I tell the parents that we deal with is, man, come together with your spouse, create a list of rules, 
Okay. That way it's there. That way the kids, they can read it themselves or whatever, right? They know that if this doesn't happen, this is the discipline that's going to be applied. And I'll give you an example. Perfect. Example would be say at six o'clock PM, the grass needs to be cut. Okay. That's a rule. If it doesn't happen, guess what? Now you get a discipline and now you got to go ahead and recut the grass tomorrow, right? The rule still says it, it, this rule, you know what I mean? You still have to accomplish that rule. That's a rule. That's a ground rule, right? A house rule. But there's going to be a discipline involved in that. You know what I mean? That could be anything from uh, wash the windows, right? Uh, it could be anything. You're going to go pull out the trash because you messed up. You know what I mean? And they're going to argue and they're going to get upset and everything like that. But you're training them. You are literally training your children in that aspect. You know, well, you know, you're talking about, you know, coaching earlier, you know, uh -huh. I, I would take it in a different direction with sports coaching. And that mm -hmm. is, you know, you when I was coaching uh, youth hockey, the very first uh, parent team meeting, I would say to the parents is I'm not here to teach your kids hockey. We're going to use hockey as a foundation. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to do our best to accomplish is how we can teach these kids on how to be good teammates, how to win, how to lose, how to get along with people, mm -hmm. you know, discipline, you know, you, your, your game starts at X, but we want you at the rank at this time dressed, ready to go. And so that, I, I, that's why I love extracurricular activity because it teaches kids time management. It teaches them discipline It teach them, teaches them, you know, other aspects of life. So you can hopefully as a, as a child learn, you know, dad says grass has to be cut at six. I'm going to go cut the grass at six. Yep. If, if the garbage needs to be taken out or even doing things that you're not, you weren't told to do, you just go and do it. Mm -hmm. That's a win right there. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And it's conditioning them. It's conditioning them to, to have responsibility. And I mean, isn't that all training? Right. 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 You know, and I like the fact of implementing a discipline such as um, doing the windows or whatever, when you don't do a rule, because there is consequences in life. You know, if this doesn't get done, this is what happens. You know what I mean? Right. And you don't got to get personal about it. You don't got to get angry. And I told you, and you're going to do this. And I can't believe you did this and getting all crazy. Cause then all of a sudden the kid's like, Whoa, it's not that big of deal, you know? And then they think, Oh, it must be something with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And later on in life in their adolescent years, you know, is when you're going to start seeing that rebellion take shape. Exactly. You know I mean? So we got to be consistent with our discipline and our training and, and having, a set of rules, you know, and especially in uh, blended families and having that united front, you know, that's one of the things I've, I'm having, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with a person right now. And the guy is like, man, they're her kids. They're her kids. You know, she can deal with them. And it's like, dude, when you married her, you married them as well. When you chose her, you chose to take all her stuff as well you can't just be like i want her and forget them you know that's not a i mean what do you think you're telling your wife at that point 
her heart is for the kids. God has created her for a heart for her children. And when you're saying, I accept you, but not them, what are you telling her? Yeah, that's one of my biggest, biggest issues of blended families is, is that whole thing is, well, they're your kids. No, I don't care if they're your blood or not. They're mm -hmm. your kids. Um, you're there to support them. You're there to mentor them. You're there to, you know, be, be a, a parent, you know, mm -hmm. it's just because it's their, her kids or his kids. They're our kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where I go back to. You got to put the kids first. Kids have to come first and it will work out beautifully, mm -hmm. beautifully in the end. But yeah, I I'm with you, David. It's th that frustrates me to no end when it, when it's like, no, there you no, <laughs> no. It is so harmful when you do that, you know what I mean? And they're complaining, well, why doesn't, uh, why, why is my wife acting this way? It's like, well, no wonder you big dummy. Right. Her kids came from her body. You're not accepting, you know what I mean? I'm not saying accept the way they're acting. No, that's not what I'm saying. But when you marry a woman, you're taking everything that she has. You know, and that's part yeah. of your responsibility as a father. You know? When when we got married, we were um, we were at the event place like a a week before or, or two weeks before doing uh, some food tasting, mm -hmm. and the the lady that was acting as our our wedding planner person, mm -hmm. she said, "Hey, are you guys doing a, a sand ceremony for being a blended family?" And my wife and I looked at each other like, a what? And she goes, a sand ceremony. Well, what, 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 hello, enlighten me. What's a sand ceremony? She said, well, you get a big jar and all the kids and the parents have different colored sand. And then you just mix all the sand together because you're now blending your family. And I'm like, hmm. wow, that is so beautiful. So we did, we did a sand ceremony and the, the jar uh, of all the multicolor sand sits uh, on top of uh, the mantle at the house. I took that concept, those colors. And when I went to the graphic uh, artist and said, this is the logo for blending the family, he got it. He understood it. And so that's where uh, if anybody ever sees, sees the logo for blending the family, that's where it comes from, from blending the family, blending your family, not, Hey, you kids are just going to do your own sand ceremony. I'm just stepping away because mm -hmm. that's not what it's all about, David. It's about being a family, a cohesive unit. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more, man. Um, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit um, because I know this is a part of uh, a lot of our listeners are going through, right? You wrote a book called 25 Tips for Divorce Dads. Right. Okay. In that book, you provide valuable guidance for fathers going through the divorce process, right? What are some key tips or insights you can share with our listeners who might be going through uh, uh, similar circumstances and striving to maintain, you know, strong relationships with their children? Um, understand that your your kids are still going to want to spend quality time with their mother. Mm. Um, that's something that was was really hard for me. Uh, number two, cook together. I don't care if you don't know how to cook, 
cook together. Wow. Uh, it is, it, that's a skill. It's a skill that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, probably number three, and it should be number one. And I, and I still regret this in the book. I didn't make this number one, but tell your kids every day you love them. Hmm. Hmm. How big of an impact does that have? Have you seen? Oh, it's immense. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we forget. We, 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 you know, it's like breathing. I can breathe. I know I can. But yeah. it's, it's something that you have to remind yourself. Um, you know, I, you know, to, along those lines, I've got male friends that I can say on the phone, I love you. And they say it back and mean yeah. it. And I feel that if, as, as, as dads, you know, we say that to our kids, hopefully down the road, they're saying it to other people as well. And, and, and having it come from the heart and meaning it, um, mm-hmm. because it's, we need it. We need to hear it. We need to yeah. hear, you know, uh, those words. That's part of that reassurance that a father gives, right? Right. You know, yeah, I could definitely see that. I make it a point to tell my children I love them a lot as well. And, you know, even on the days where they don't say it back, you know what I mean? At least they know that, you know, I'm telling them that and also backing that up through my actions and, and mm-hmm. being loving with them as well. That solidifies that. That way they know that, hey, man, I am loved. I am cherished. I am valued mm-hmm. as a human being, right? Yeah, I mean one of the conversations I was having with my buddy Chris this weekend was he was asking me, he goes, how often does Connor call you? Like I laugh, I go, call me. Yeah. But I feel that if, if we laid the groundwork early, David, and we, Mm -hmm. we, you know, show our kids that we're present with them, that we love them, that we care for them, that we're there standing beside them, Mm -hmm. that will become tenfold. That will, you know, make such a beautiful relationship that, you know, they are calling you to say, Hey dad, I'm in a situation I don't want to be in. Can you come and get me? You say it. Mm. Yes, I am on my way. No questions asked. So you build that up. You build that consistency in that relationship for um, that, that one day, you know, just simply saying, Hey, I need your help because you've done that from day one. No, yeah, you're absolutely right, Thomas. I've I've seen that even in my life and just the changes that I had to make, you know, early on making all the mistakes I did. And then, you know, I'm still making mistakes. I'm not perfect, (laughs) but uh, I I am making the positive changes and being able to look back and think of my life, you know, coming of age, 17 years old, getting ready to graduate. I wanted nothing more than to get out of the house. I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out of there. I wanted just to to be done with that that way of living, right? Um, with that being said, I see now with my daughter, she loves being. She loves our family. She does. She's like she's like afraid to go. She's like I don't want to grow up. I don't want to, you know what I mean. And not that she doesn't want to grow up. She just absolutely loves being home. You know, she loves our dynamic in the home, you know, and it's not perfect. I'm not saying that at all, right? We have our ups and downs, but she knows that she can count on us. You know, one of the things that I'm super proud of her and I I told her this was she went out to a party for the first time, right? 
And I think back, man, 17 years old, I was having premarital sex. I was uh, doing drugs. I was all over the damn place. And I came from a pretty strict house where we didn't see that. My old man didn't even drink, okay? Mm -hmm. But because of that, so much pressure of you having to be perfect and all that stuff, I went the opposite way. I rebelled, right? So I did all these crazy stuff. And I'm not saying I was a bad kid, but compared to my daughter today, man, I was a terror. You know what I mean? (laughs) So. Just because she has shown us that we can trust her, we allowed her to go out to this party. And man, I'm so proud of her. She came back. She's like, man, they're drinking, they're smoking, dad. And it was crazy, but I had fun. And I realized now what you said that you don't need to do all that stuff to have fun. You know, and I am super proud of her. You know what I mean? Because, well, and that's where the wind comes in. Look at yeah. what you created, David. This is. Because you built a beautiful relationship with your daughter that she was able to go to that party and realize and understand, hey, those little vices aren't for me. Yeah. But I get to socialize. I get to be around my friends. That's what it's all about. And knowing that, like you said, you can trust her, that you know she sees the situation. She knows that that's, that's not who I am, you know, sitting there going to go drink and smoke. It's, it's again, it, it's a compliment to you as a parent. Mm, mm. No, and, and, you know, that's, that's what we're called to do as fathers, you know what I mean? To, to create those connections with them, right? Capture their hearts, right? Right. That way, when they get older, they know that they can call who they can call on and they can rely on us. Um, I want to be that dad that if she does drink or whatever, she can call me. And be like, I trust my dad to tell him this, mm-hmm. right? So he can come get me. He's not going to freak out. He's not going to blow up on me or whatever. He's going to come get me versus her thinking, I better not tell my dad. I better not say this. Can you give me a ride? And then she gets in this vehicle with some guy who's been drinking. And then all of a sudden something bad happens. You know, they get in a car right. accident or right. even worse stuff, right? So that's my priority is just trying to not be a friend, Right. Because I don't believe parents should be friends, but someone that they can trust, you know, it's hard. It's hard that that fine line between mm-hmm. being a parent and being a friend, because, you know, you you still want to have. Again, it's a, a positive relationship with your kids, but at the same time, the kids have to understand that if they do mess up, there are going to be consequences, you know. As mm-hmm. as my one daughter Becca says, adulting sucks. Well, yeah, adulting does suck, but yeah. it's it's trying to make those right choices. It's mm-hmm. trying to you know be your best, but it's also you know the environment that you're in. And if you feel that you're in the wrong environment, it it takes that the that gusto to get out of it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, Tommy. I wanted to just give you an opportunity to share with our audience how they can reach out to you. Um, thank you for coming on here. And, uh, you know, this is an amazing podcast. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, David. I mean, the show up dad, I'm so, I'm so excited to be here today. I, a couple of places you can find me is definitely on LinkedIn. Cause that's how you and I, uh, got connected. So you can find me on LinkedIn at the Tommy Maloney. Yes. It's the Tommy Maloney on LinkedIn. Uh, the website is blendingthefamily.com. Um, and that's it. That's 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 it for social media for me. You're not gonna find me on Facebook, on 
TikTok on X, Y, or Z. I don't know what it is these days. So yeah, LinkedIn and the, the uh, website blendingthefamily.com. Thanks for having me, David. I'm, 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 I'm so honored and blessed. Absolutely. Talking to you soon.